Practicing is essential. We know that. But as band directors, we need to teach our students how to effectively practice and develop a positive environment that encourages them to want to practice. Welcome to Caffeinated Crescendos, the podcast where we are brewing up band culture and music education one cup at a time. My name is Rob Cieslug. I'm a husband, a father of three, and a veteran music educator. Over my 17-year career, I've taught band, choir, general music, show choir, and even theater from elementary school to the collegiate level. Each episode will discuss two of my favorite things, music and coffee. It doesn't matter if you're a band director, a vocal music educator, a general music teacher, or someone who does it all. You are sure to find something for you and your classroom on this podcast. Now sit back, grab your favorite cup of coffee, and get ready for this episode of the Caffeinated Crescendos podcast. Hello and welcome to this first full episode of the Caffeinated Crescendos podcast, the podcast where we're brewing up band culture and music education one cup at a time. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about that age-old question that has plagued band directors from the beginning of time. How do I get my students to practice? I'm going to share with you some tips that I've used in my classroom to create a positive practice atmosphere without adding a ton of work to your already hectic schedule. But before we do anything, I like to start each full episode with telling you what's in my cup today. So today I made myself a classic mocha latte. I made it here at home. If you are new to making your own coffee, I highly recommend it. You can get some fairly inexpensive espresso machines on Amazon. And it's actually really fun to be creative and find out what you like, what you don't like, and create new drinks just right there at home. All right, before we jump into our first topic, I wanted to take a moment to talk about how to best utilize this podcast. This show isn't geared towards any one specific type of music educator. For the majority of my career, I've had to teach everything from band to general music, and sometimes all at the same time. So if you're a band director, you're going to find stuff here that pertains to you and your classroom. If you're a choir director, awesome. We're going to have episodes for you too. General music, theater, we got everybody covered. Some of you might be teaching it all, and you might see value in every episode. But if that's not you, that's okay. I'm taking the grocery store approach to this podcast. Just think about it. If you needed to go to the store for some bread, you might beeline it like right to the bread, grab the bread, grab a couple other things that you need, get to the register and get home. You might walk right by the produce section, but what you don't do is get mad at the produce for just being in the produce section, right? That just sounds crazy, but it's true. With this podcast, take what pertains to you, take what pertains to your classroom, And if there isn't anything just yet, I promise there will be in the future. Hang tight, share this podcast with your friends. They're going to find some value in some of these episodes. And if there's something that you would be interested in me doing an episode on, reach out to me via my website. So today's episode is more related to band. But if you're a choir teacher or a general music teacher, you can adapt the concepts that I'm talking about into your classroom as well. All right, I'm going to start by telling you a short story about my time in middle school band. I can remember very vividly having a playing test coming up. Likely it was from whatever book we were working on. I think we used the best-in-class band method, if that dates me a little bit. Um, 
But I did practice when I was in middle school. So I went home and I practiced and I worked on whatever exercise it was. And then that day came for the playing test. And I was so sure I was going to do well because I actually went home and practiced. Well, the time came. I got up there, took my snare drum sticks in my hand. I got nervous. My palms got sweaty and I blew it. I mean, after all this practice, I don't think I was much better than before I practiced whatever exercise we were working on. It wasn't until later in my high school years that my private instructor taught me how to practice and some strategies to maximize my time and accomplish my goals. I've made it one of my goals in my classroom to teach my students how to practice and effective practice strategies to help my students from the very beginning. Let's start by addressing the elephant in the room. I don't like practice logs for the sake of practice logs. I think too many students and frankly parents are fudging the numbers. Look, I know little Johnny didn't practice six hours on his saxophone this week when he still puts his mouthpiece upside down. I think practice logs for the sake of practice logs, just because everyone else does them, or that's what I'm supposed to do, or that's what I did when I was in band, is a waste of time. However, I do use practice logs in my program in a different way. They are practice logs with a specific purpose that we're going to talk about in one of my tips. Tip one. The first tip I have for you is that you have to teach them how to practice and model what that looks like. What's one of the fastest ways to get somebody to not practice? When they don't get better. When they try to practice, they don't get better. They don't want to practice. They don't improve. So they don't practice. It's a vicious cycle. We have to break that cycle. Or better yet, let's catch it before it starts. What are most beginners going to do when you say, go home and practice? They might do things like play the songs they already know. They might try to play an exercise all the way through when really they need to be chunking things together or going over fingerings or just playing long tones to make sure that they sound like they should. Or if your students are like mine, they're playing Seven Nation Army and Careless Whisper when they should be practicing their scale patterns and bookwork. I teach practicing on a daily basis, starting from when they are beginners in fifth grade. Take small chunks of music that you're working on and actually practice with them during a class. This doesn't have to take more than a couple minutes. Ask them questions on how they would practice this and give them suggestions to help them. Give them an assignment and say, what are you going to do when you go home so that this is better tomorrow or in my case, in two days. Then work through a section and practice it together so they understand what they need to do at home. Tip two, the second tip I have for you for creating a positive practice environment in your band is to focus on the positive and create competitions. We do all kinds of competitions from the longest note competitions for long tones to who can beat Mr. C on this scale exercise. Of course, they get more excited when I have prizes to hand out. Usually it's candy. Um, But we also run a quarterly practice competition. This is something I started several years ago. I split my band students up into four teams. My beginners start in fifth grade and I have them till eighth grade. So on each team, 
there's fifth graders, sixth graders, seventh graders, and eighth graders. They all have group names depending on the quarter. Sometimes I'll let them pick. Most of the times I just pick, but usually it's, you know, like Marvel characters, Christmas characters, composers, and they're all on these teams. And I post them on the band hall wall. Every week they turn in their practice logs and I tally them up. And we have a running graph on the outside of the wall in the band hall that they see every time they come to the room and they can see where their team is. Sure, I'm sure some of the students are still padding the numbers, but I make my practice logs a little bit more thought-provoking by asking them a few short questions about what they practiced, what was challenging, and what they improved on. I want to teach my students how to practice, how to find time for the requirements for my class, just like they find time for the requirements for, say, their math or science classes. I've also found that these practice competitions create great bonds between the different grade levels. Sometimes I might have an eighth grader ask a fifth grader how their practice is going if they're on the same group. At the end of each quarter, I tally up all the minutes and the group that has the most practiced minutes for that quarter ends up winning some kind of a prize. It's usually candy of some sort. But I also give prizes for the top few students in all of the other groups as well. Tip three, create a practice club. Several years ago, I was getting so tired of kids saying they don't have time to practice. I needed to find something to do. Now, my initial response to them was something along the lines of, did you make time for your math homework? Of course, they said they did. And I will tell them you need to make time for this class as well. But then I got to thinking, what if I gave them a time and a space to practice and also be there to help teach them how to practice or if they just needed some help? I'm not sure what your school schedule looks like, and you might have to adjust this for your schedule, but this is what we did. Our building opens at 7.30 for students. Obviously, I'm there before then. School usually starts at 8. Any student that arrives between 7.30 and 7.45, they have to stay in the lunchroom until 7.45 when they can then go up to their classrooms. And I used to have morning duty, and I noticed so many band kids just sitting there with their instruments. And that was my light bulb moment. Bingo. I've already got them. They're already at school with their instruments. So I started a practice club. When we started the practice club, I started bringing donuts for the students. Look, I have no problem bribing students to come to my classroom with donuts just to get them to practice. Now, obviously, they couldn't take the donut until after they're done practicing, so they didn't put sugar through their horns. But it created a want to come to my classroom. And then once they're there, I got them. They can practice. They practice for half an hour, they grab their donut, they go up to the classroom. The other band kids are like, hey, where'd you get that donut? They're like, you need to come to practice club at 7.30. And now we have a positive atmosphere for practice. Now, donuts did start to get a little expensive. So what I did was I reached out to parents and I started a sign-up genius and they just signed up for a Tuesday or a Thursday. And sometimes we had several parents that brought in donuts. Practice club became an environment, and students wanted to come to practice. I teach at a small school, but at any given point when we had practice club, I'd have 25 or 30 students in my band room practicing from fifth grade to eighth grade for a half an hour on a Tuesday and a half an hour on a Thursday. That's an hour a week that I can see them practice and help them develop their practice habits or just help them with a section of music that they needed help with. All right, I said I had a bonus tip for you. 
My bonus tip is when all else fails, relate practicing to sports. I don't know if my students are just this way or if your students are the same way, but for some reason, when I relate practicing an instrument to practicing for sports, I have more of those light bulb moments. I'll say things like, how many of you play basketball? All right, when your coach teaches you how to shoot a free throw, do they just teach you the technique once and then say, you're on your own and never practice that skill again? Most of them are usually like, no, that's crazy. We practice it every day. At which point I just stand on the podium until they see the light bulb goes off and I quietly continue because they finally got it. They have to be doing these things every day. Another one I really like is, do you think your team would win many games if less than half of the members come to practice regularly? And of course, they're just like, no, we'd be horrible. And so then I relate to how band is our team and we all need to be practicing to make our team the most successful at our concert, because if even one person doesn't practice, that will affect the outcome of our team at our performance, whether it's in the fall or the spring. All right, I have one more bonus tip for you. See, it pays to listen all the way to the end. All right, bonus tip two, you have to pick appropriate and attainable music for your students. I know that our students have to practice scales and techniques and things that we wouldn't necessarily label as fun, but nothing kills a positive practice environment like music that is not right for your students. Picking the right music for your group, which addresses the specific skills you want to work on, is essential. If the music is too hard, they're going to easily get frustrated and give up, and no amount of practice will allow them to be successful. Now, I realize we can't play every song from Taylor Swift, and the music I'm talking about doesn't need to be pop music. There's so many good pieces of concert literature. Last year, my beginners asked me to play Mechanical Monsters by Randall Standards more than any other song, including Taylor Swift or any of the pet band music that we played. They liked it so much that they went home and practiced it, and some of them even want to play it in their sixth grade year just for fun. Picking the right music is essential to creating a positive practice environment in your group. Practicing is essential. We know that. But as band directors, we need to teach our students how to effectively practice and develop a positive environment that encourages them to want to practice. I hope these tips were helpful to you, or at least made you think about other ways to encourage practicing in your ensemble. All right, that concludes this episode of the Caffeinated Crescendos podcast. Until next time, keep brewing up the best culture you can for your classroom. I hope you enjoyed today's episode about building a positive practice atmosphere for your program. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Caffeinated Crescendos podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content, please share this podcast with a friend. For questions or comments on today's episode, you can contact me at www caffeinatedcrescendos.com. And remember, follow this podcast so you never miss what's brewing on the next episode.